0: This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio.
1: So welcome to the Money Pot. My name is Rachel Morrissey. I am the host of the podcast from Money2020. And we are here doing a series with the eBanks Payment Summit. I've got my co-host here, Estelita Haas. She is from the marketing team at eBanks. And um We are so excited because we get to talk to, and I'm going to make sure that I get this right. Please tell me if I'm wrong. Costanza Lopez Vela. Right. Oh, I said it right. (laughs) What do you know? Uh, uh, You know, I have a a horribly... American mouth. And sometimes we're not very good at that kind of stuff. Perfect. So what we want to talk to about, uh, talk about today was what you were presenting, especially about Mexico. And we are so excited about some of the things that I saw. One of the things that I, I noticed that you put up there, um, you were talking about how there's the, the percentage of unbanked in Mexico. And I think that we're just going to start with this just baseline. Um, the reason that I was intrigued by it is, I remember this story where a guy, um, it's kind of an old fable where two people go to the same island and one guy writes back and says, there's no market for shoes. Nobody wears any shoes. And the other guy writes back, tremendous opportunity. Nobody has any shoes, right? And they're both shoe salesmen. So one sees it as like, there's nothing here for us because theres they don't have shoes. They don't wear shoes. And the other is like, we can do nothing. I mean, there's nobody has any shoes. We've got nothing but opportunity here. And that's sort of how you were kind of presenting some of the nature of what was going on in Mexico in your speech um, and your presentation is that you have tremendous amount of opportunity because the number of unbanked are so high. So if you could just talk to us a little bit about the nature of the opportunity. Why do we see that as like, uh, not a, a an obstacle, but actually is an opportunity to get more and more people sure, into the system.
0: Sure, and thank you for having me here. Oh, we're so oh, glad. My pleasure. Yes, th- I, I'm definitely a positive person, but uh, in here, I I, I want to say it, I say that because it, I am a positive person. It's because it's real. A opportunity for offering people a bank account, a bank relationship is definitely there. I think we haven't taken the time to really explain people why it's important. And um, I used to work some some time ago for Bank of America. And we saw the same thing in Hispanic markets, where people went to the branches just to cash their checks and then left. And no relationship with the bank. And we started uh, teaching them why it was important for them to build a relationship with the bank. From a bank account the first credit card, which most of the people are very afraid of because they feel, no, no, you know, I I will never have a credit history. And but, you know, I will never use it. And when you tell them, no, yeah, there are ways to start building your credit history. And it will be very important because at some point you will need a loan for a car, a business, a mortgage, which is something that everybody is looking for. It's like, Okay, now I get it. And they start building that relationship. Talking to them in their their same terms. If you go to an ATM, the terms we use is withdrawal. Sorry, but for common people or people from inside the country, withdrawal means nothing. So we need to start talking in the same words. So there is a lot, a lot of, of, of opportunity for us to get closer to the people, to talk to them in the same language, to Explain them why it is important. Because we we tell we have told them told them do this do that, but never went further into the why is important for you, not not for the bank, but for you. So
2: Estelita, um, yes, um, thank you first for for your very insightful presentation. And during this presentation, Constanza, you mentioned that uh, Mexico has a very young population. Uh, I was wondering uh, if you see uh, the new generation, the Gen Z consumers, as an opportunity as well for changing the relationship uh, of Mexicans with bank, the bank sector? Because you mentioned there's a there's also a tr- uh, an issue of trust uh, in financial institutions. How do you see this new generation positioning themselves uh, towards banks? Do you think it's um, a different uh, position? I think uh, they... We'll be able to trust banks,
0: but we banks need to evolve. We need to position ourselves in a different way. We need to listen to consumers a lot more. Sometimes the past history about complaints and frauds haven't been solved in a good way or in a fast way. And and a lot of people, it's like, you know, I don't want to hear about banks anymore. And when... uh, Payment facilitators, aggregators, neobanks are coming into the country with a different speech, with uh, the the force of being very close to customers, like through social media, which is very important because now you can uh, send me a WhatsApp with a request. If if I do not respond to you, you will be all over the media uh, saying, okay, you're not solving my problem. And that, in a way, is helping us because they feel they have the power to communicate. So there's an opportunity, uh, and also within education. No, uh, I have a 20-year-old daughter, and she opened the first uh, her first bank, bank account, and for sure, she didn't understand any of the terms of it. So she forgot to keep some balance in there. Nothing happened for months. At some point, I deposited some money in the account, and then the bank charged the fees
2: <laughs> and she was super,
0: super angry saying, you know, this is unbelievable. They robbed me. What happened? And, and I told you, okay, do you keep the minimum balance? No. Okay. But they never charged me before and I was in zero. Yeah. They couldn't charge you because you, you were in zero, but that's something that we really need to go and explain to people. and, and, I work with my different teams, with the the credit card teams, the debit card teams, uh, very close to go and go for educational sessions uh, with the universities, with the schools, and that will help us a lot. So uh, the financial education piece is interesting
1: here, especially with the younger uh, generation, but... What I'm wondering about is this whole notion of the way that you charge, you know, you can't charge the fees because there's nothing in there. As soon as we put money in there, of course, they charge the back fees, right? But um, what do? You, what is the responsibility, do you think, of the banks beyond just financial education? I mean, do you think that they have a responsibility to be more, um, outline something better for their consumers or make that experience, like, tell them Hey, warn them, say, hey, we haven't charged you, but you are going to owe us. You have a negative balance now because, yeah, she had a zero balance, but she didn't really have a zero balance, right? She had a negative balance because she hadn't kept the minimum and, and she didn't even understand that because nothing reflected that evidently in what she was doing. So what what is the responsibility of the banks as they're dealing with the c- customers this way?
0: Um, we're definitely responsible for a better communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, And we need to make usage of the digital tools we have now to uh, send the right messages to consumers and let them know, you know, just remember, this is your minimum balance. Uh, uh, You are under balance. You might be charged a fee and continue educate and and educate Uh, and be really, really clear on the requirements. Sometimes an issue that we are always facing is when we want to sell more and we uh, work with third parties uh, that call customers all the time, and they promise you everything. But then reality is is other. So quality of sales is also a responsibility we we need to work on.
2: In, in addition to the financial education and the communication, uh, what are you uh, planning in terms of products and services uh, that uh, meet their their needs, uh, especially? In terms of digital payments, for example, uh, we know that Mexico will have an immense jump in the number of internet users in the upcoming years. Uh, so what is Banarte, for example, planning in terms of products and services for this new generation to entice new customers?
0: Well, we are actually um, launching a digital bank as well. And both in the digital bank and the traditional bank we have, we are using digital tools. Like our mobile banking is uh, used a lot. We have uh, been adding new features in there. For example, Mexico, you can still see some checks, but you don't want to go to the branch. So you can scan the check on your mobile app and uh, deposit it electronically without presenting the check at, at that branch. We do have a chatbot. Uh, in our case, is called Maya. It's a woman for the bank. <laughs> and uh, you can start interacting with, with Maya and uh, we are learning from customer uh, questions and we are trying to solve questions and solve requirements faster. For our merchants, uh, we usually go uh, offer them a point of sales, uh, an, uh, an ATM, but we like left and good luck with the operation. And sometimes the communication was done by phone. And you know, sometimes that that's not the easiest way to do it. Now we have a special communication tool for them to be online. We can have in their smart POSs, both ways communication. So they can tell me, you know, um, signal is not working very well. I need additional paper if they still print the vouchers. Uh, but I can also tell them, uh, there's a special campaign this month, and uh, remember, uh, all your customers will have double points uh, within three days, for example. So it's it's uh, it's it's all about the communication, I would say, and these digital tools are helping us a lot.
1: So, as the deputy manager for or deputy managing director for acquiring business. So what is the focus for you at Banorte? Like when you are talking about acquiring business, there's lots of different ways that we think about that in, especially in the U S market where banks are, uh, we have so many banks. Um, but, and so there's this really stiff competition, not just for retail market, but also for the business market, right? Small business market. So when you are looking at who or what kind of accounts you're trying to acquire, where is you? Where is your focus? Um, and is it different for the digital bank than it is the traditional bank?
0: Uh, I could say, uh, Banorte has been focused on the e-commerce for the past, um, I would say, five years, uh, yeah. which was very good news for the pandemic. Uh, yeah. our volumes grew uh, a lot, uh, but uh, didn't take good care of small merchants. So we make like a pause in there. Now we are coming back to go for small and medium merchants. And what we are trying to do is to move them away from manual operations, from paper operations, to really help them to become digital. From the opening of an account, uh, becoming a merchant of ours, to really uh, play on a marketplace. We have launched a marketplace especially for our merchants where we combine uh, the opportunity we got from our cardholders, because we have a lot of visits to our site. And then we offer them a marketplace with our merchants. So uh, helping them to sell more, but in a digital way. And if they don't know how to start with a marketplace, we help them to build um, their marketplace, uh, to put their products in there, to manage some inventory, some data. Um, and... and That's something that um, has been very important for them because at some point, uh, the tools, the aggregators and payment facilitators uh, offered to them, uh, like, for example, for restaurants to order, -order, pre-order for retailers, inventory management, we didn't have available. Now Mm -hmm. we do. And further to that, we are uh, putting together the opportunity of Cross selling with our cardholders, so uh, that's that's something that, that we are are interested in.
1: Yeah, I think for a long time when we think about e-commerce, we've always been like, oh, the people that sell us stuff through the internet. Like in the US, I mean or two, but I mean, it's at Amazon, right? Amazon is like the e-commerce giant. And that's what e-commerce is, is people who sell to us and have no storefronts or anything like that. But with small merchants, I mean, a lot of their stuff is either brick and mortar or even smaller than that, or solopreneurs, as we like to call them, these kind mm-hmm. of single business owners. Um, And so getting them involved in e-commerce is uh, it, how do you communicate with them about the nature of why they should be shifting to an e-commerce mindset and adopting these kinds of tools? How do you lower the bar of entry so that they are like comfortable with it? And they go, oh, I I understand this. Because the advantage of cash, there's many disadvantages to cash, but the advantage of cash is most people kind of get it. Like it's been around a really long time. It's an old, old technology and people understand it. So how do you think about that with them?
0: I think it's been a matter of education. We mainly distribute our products uh, through branches. So there's still uh, communication, human communication. Mm-hmm. And then uh, offering them simple solutions. Uh, for example, during the pandemic, we'll launch the payment link. Because giving your card data to someone sometimes in Mexico we are not not very trustful not from banks not from everyone so giving you card information it's uh, no I, I'd rather do in cash no card information and with a payment link you don't have to give your uh, card information to anyone and for the uh, merchant small merchant you just like click send a link the consumer fills the information and the make and the payment is on and we are also uh, launching tap on phone which will be you you won't need a pos and you won't need a terminal you will use your own phone you will tap the card on the phone and you will receive the payment so it it has to be easy mm-hmm. if it's not not easy it, it wouldn't work so we're focusing on that and in in a language i have been struggling with my boss to to accept a name for that and and he says like it has to be something so easy in spanish that communicates that i'm helping you to sell uh, to to increase your sales um, because they have to get it it's like n- nothing uh,
2: difficult on behind just sell more like for example mm. uh, i'm curious about something you said about conversational payments right the the pos that asks the merchant if everything is okay the merchant sends a, a question um, how, how key do you think these conversational payments will be for, uh, emerging economies like Mexico, Latin American, uh, markets where, you know, the face to face, the communication is, is very, uh, it's something like very natural to us. So do you think they will play a, a, a key role in, um, earning trust from consumers? I think so because they will feel listened to, no? Uh, sometimes
0: they call us or they send an email, but um, at some point the delay of uh, providing a service or, or solving a problem, um, they they don't manage very well. They okay, they, they never answered, and it's like no, it's how I never answered. And with this, like it's, it's like when you send a WhatsApp, no, I send you like I need this. And I need this, and they feel more comfortable asking for a thing. So I think it will be very important too. It's a personal touch. Yes,
1: it's an interesting. It's like it's a very human touch yes. in a very you know to t- digital, which is funny because we would normally have thought of it as like that's a digital conversation, but it's actually quite a human conversation. That's very interesting. That's a a very different approach. Um, it kind of nice oh yeah. nice. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's really helpful to allow people to um understand that even as things get more digital we actually need to make digital feel more human so I think that that's uh, that's great um is, do you have anything that i I've just was totally fascinated with the the opportunity for growth there I think the fact that you guys are reaching out to the small merchants is exceptional because I think uh, we forget that, you know, people might be ready to go with contactless payments, but if the people that they're buying from aren't ready for that, it's only one half of the equation. So I really appreciate you coming on the show and I really uh, am grateful that you were able to do this and I hope you've had some fun. Estelina, next time I'm going to make you lead. So I talk less. Anyway, (laughs) uh, for all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening. This is it for this episode of The Money Pot. We hope that you will join us again for this entire series that we're doing with the eBank Summit. And we, uh, if you would like to give us any feedback, please write us at podcast at money2020.com. We will try to get back to you as soon as possible. We'll look forward to talking to you.